Yes, come on, Hope Church. We pour out our praise. I love that. We're pouring out our praise tonight. He is worthy of our praise in every season. I believe it's impossible to have a heart filled with faith and not have a mouth that is filled with praise because praise is really faith talking. Praise is faith talk. Praise is the articulation of my expectation of God's intervention in my life. He is going to intervene in my life. I'm going to praise him for it. It's me saying, I believe that God, you are so faithful to what you say you will do. I don't have to wait until I see it to thank you for it. Praise is not reactive. It's proactive. Thanksgiving might be reactive, but praise is proactive. Come on, we lift him up with some praise emojis in the comments proactively, blessing him, thanking him for what he's already done and what he's going to do in our future. Praise says before you do it, I'm thanking you for it, Jesus. I'm so convinced that it's on the way. I'm so convinced that good things are headed my way. I will praise you for it in advance. Come on, everybody. Come on, praise him in your comments below. Well, happy Friday night. Thank you for joining us at Hope Church Online. As always, we are joyfully anticipating good things from an amazingly great God. He is the best thing that's ever happened to us. And I just want to lean into his word tonight. We're going to jump into 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. That says, for our light affliction, it seems like it's forever, but it's just for a moment. It's only been a couple weeks. It's working in us far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. Come on, there is more happening here than meets the eye. Well, we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things that are not seen. If you're going to make it through the next four months of whatever is coming, if you're going to live your life by faith, you do not focus your hope on things that are seen, but on things that are yet to be seen, on things that are not seen in this realm. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. One more verse I want to look at. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says it like this, For we walk, people of hope, we walk by faith and not by sight. It's so important that we understand that if we're going to defeat fear and walk in faith, we cannot let what we see dominate or dictate our hearts and minds. We want to listen louder to what God says than what we see in front of us. We know that faith comes by hearing the word of God. So we are those who hear and take hold of the promises of God. And whatever we're hearing is greater than whatever we're seeing. Whatever God is saying is greater than whatever we are seeing. And when you are facing something fierce, I want to tell you faith is a critical part that is so important to your life. Faith is by definition not what you see. Faith is what you cannot see. You know, Jesus was walking along one day and there was a tree. It looked like it was bearing fruit. So he went up to grab some fruit off of it. But when he got close, he realized there's no fruit on this tree. And so he cursed the fig tree and moved on. And to the disciples that were with him, nothing happened. It seemed like Jesus was just wasting his breath. The disciples thought, well, Jesus must have missed it on that prayer. And they walked away and came back 24 hours later, just one day later. And the Bible said the same tree was withered up, not just on the top, but it was withered up from the roots. It was like coming out of the ground from the roots. Now, if you're looking at this on the outside, at what you see, 
prayer that day was not making a difference. But the moment that Jesus prayed, the moments that Jesus cursed that tree, the invisible root of that fig tree was actually withering up and dying. And even though it looked like nothing was happening, something was happening. And that's how faith works. Faith is trusting God. Faith is being willing to walk off the map and not have all the answers, where you just move forward by faith. The Bible said that the father of our faith, Abraham, he went not knowing where he was headed. He went not knowing where he was going. We want to know everything. We want to know every question before the answer. We want to know every answer to every question. But our faith is trusting God through the unknown and through the uncertainty. The Bible says that God cannot be pleased without faith because God loves to see himself. He loves to see his word trusted. So we walk by faith and not by sight. Don't let what you see hinder what heaven is letting you hear. Don't let what you see hinder what heaven is letting you hear. I think of the story in the Old Testament of David fighting the Philistines. And the Bible said that God told David, when you go to the battlefield, I want you to get under a grove of mulberry trees and just wait. And when you hear something, when you hear the sound of rustling in the tops of those trees, I'll go out before you. That's when you're to go with your troops and fight the Philistines. So here's David. He's looking at an advancing, overwhelming army of Philistines coming right into his wheelhouse. And God says, I don't want you to be focused on what you see, these giant Philistines. I want you to not be focused on what you see. What you see looks like defeat. What you see looks depressing. What you see leads to doubt and despair. But I want you to hear. And when you hear the sound of angels' chariots rustling over the tops of these trees, then you move out and I will give you the victory. So he's telling David, don't go by what you see. Act on what you hear. And not what you hear from earth, but what you're hearing from heaven. You know, the prophet Elijah, he was in a famine. And yet he said, I hear the abundance of rain. He was in a drought, dry season, but what he was saying, everything was drying up, everything was desolate, but he said, I'm going by what I hear. If he had gone by what he was seeing, he would say like, this is hopeless, there's nothing good coming out of this, this is getting really bad, but he did not go by what he saw. He said, I hear something different. I'm hearing something that's in contradiction to what I'm seeing. In early October of 1982, 60,000 diehard University of Wisconsin fans were watching their football team take on the Michigan State Spartans. And even though they had the home field advantage, it wasn't long before they realized that they were really there to watch their team get destroyed. But on that day, a very strange thing happened. As the score became more and more lopsided, the Wisconsin losing fans started to cheer louder and louder. They were losing in the stands, but they were cheering louder and louder as fans. And it was at weird times in the game. There would be these bursts of applause and here and there throughout the crowd while they were watching their team really take a beating. And there was a reason for this applause. It had nothing to do with the game they were seeing. Because just 70 miles away, the Milwaukee Brewers were beating the St. Louis Cardinals in Game 3 of the 1982 World Series. And sprinkled throughout the football stadium were groups of fans gathered around these portable radios listening to another game in another arena. They were listening and responding to something other than what they were watching. They were responding to what they were hearing, not to what they were seeing. They were celebrating victory in the presence of what looked like an enormous defeat. What a contradiction. Shouts of victory 
in the midst of obvious defeat. That's what I would love for Hope Church people to be. Awesome shouts of victory in what looks like obvious defeat. The question for you tonight at home is, are you responding in these times to what you're seeing? Or are you responding to what heaven is saying? Are you watching this arena or are you watching that arena? See, the arena that they were seeing in was showing them one thing, but there was another arena where a greater victory was taking place in a more important game. A World Series outdoes a football game every single time. So one was telling them something totally contrary to what they were looking at. And you have to decide, are you going to live, respond, walk by what you see? A victim of your circumstances, a victim of your seat in the stands, a victim of what is happening to you, or are you going to live with what you hear from heaven? Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, what he can see, what he can feed himself with. He says, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God in another arena. That's the life of faith. That's how you can be an up person in a down world. Because you're not feeding on what everybody else is feeding on. You're not seeing what everybody else is seeing. You're listening to something different and feeding on something different than what's right in front of you. You live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's why you can look at the crazy things that are happening in this nation, and if you let it, it will drive you down. Or you can turn it around and say, but I'm getting news, good news, from another arena, from another world. And that tells me everything is going to be all right. It's there that I cast my cares because God is not nervous about politics. He's not nervous about the economy. He's not nervous about a virus. God's not up in heaven biting his nails, pacing the halls of heaven. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. And he says, I'm going to take care of my people. Come on. I want somebody to shout who's watching what looks like defeat, looks like a loss, looks unpredictable, but you're hearing something that is greater than what you're watching. You're hearing something by faith greater than what you're seeing in the natural. We may be watching a loss, but as a people of hope, we have a radio up to our ear that is telling us good news. I'm in a world of bad news, but I'm hearing good news. If you're listening louder to heaven's arena than earth's arena, put some praise emojis in the comments tonight. Come on, praise him for what you're hearing, not what you're seeing. See, Jesus gave the church three cheers. He said, I want you to get cheerful, but not just once. I want you to get cheerful times three. I want you to be different in a depressed world, so alive in an anxious world, that when you come together, it's like the fans in the stands watching everything that looks like defeat, 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 and we're cheering in victory, 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 letting the joy of the Lord, the cheer of the Lord be our strength and not letting this stuff control our soul. I love Jesus because he changes the tone of every situation he comes into. Jesus gives three cheers in the midst of challenge. Come on, we want to be the people who bring cheer to the midst of challenge. Jesus said, I want to give you three cheers. Cheer up, cheer up, cheer up. He said, be of good cheer, be of good cheer, be of good cheer. It's John 16, he says, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. He says, I have overcome in this little arena. I overcame the world. What you're looking at, I already have the victory over. And I know you're looking at some things that look like they're overcoming you in this world, but I promise you, I overcame. And if I overcame, you will overcome. And then in Matthew 9, verse 2, he said, 
be of good cheer. Come on, that's cheer too, because your sins are forgiven on the back heels of Easter. Come on, we're celebrating that our sins are forgiven. If you didn't give a shout at home, you ought to. You just missed a good chance to shout. If you don't have any other reason to cheer up in this season, I got good news for you. Your sins are forgiven. Come on, praise him for it in the comments. Don't just celebrate what you got. Celebrate what you got rid of in Jesus. You got rid of your shame. You got rid of your guilt. You got rid of that addiction. You got rid of the old. You are now a new creation. You have found newness of life in Jesus. Your sins are forgiven. Come on, if you have nothing else to celebrate over, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven. So that no matter what's going wrong in my life, if I have Jesus, that part is right because Jesus has finished sin and death once and for all on the cross. And then for the third cheer, he said in Matthew 14, 27, Here it is. Be of good cheer. It is I. Don't be afraid. Jesus says, I want to give you three cheers. When it looks like the world is winning, when unrighteousness looks like it's winning, when a virus looks like it's winning, I want my church to really cheer up in the midst of challenge. Be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Be of good cheer because your sins are forgiven. And if you're in a storm, I want you to be of good cheer because it is I. I am the water walker coming on top of every white cap that's coming up against you. And I don't want you to be afraid. I want you to be joy-filled. I want you to anticipate that the best is yet to come. I want you to be still and know that I have overcome the world. Your sin is taken care of, and I am still with you. I mean, we can be of good cheer because we know that we know that we know no matter what we're going through, our God will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He sticks closer than a brother, and he is still with us. Jesus gives three cheers in the midst of of three challenges. Just because I'm looking at defeat doesn't mean that we don't hear victory. Doesn't mean that we don't face challenge with cheer. Just because I'm looking at pain doesn't mean I don't hear healing. Just because I'm looking at depression doesn't mean I don't hear shouts of joy. I'm hearing healed according to Isaiah 53. I'm hearing protected according to Psalms 91. I'm hearing free indeed according to the book of John. According to Romans, I hear that all of these things, that all of these things, I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loved me and gave himself for me. I know that I'm seeing one thing, but I am hearing another thing. Come on, everybody, give the Lord three big cheers in the comments right from your home, no matter what's going on in your personal life on the field. Let's hear a shout of victory that says, what I'm hearing is greater than what I'm seeing. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. Come on, Daniel, I know you're looking at a pack of hungry lions in a pit, but I'm telling you, your God is a deliverer, and he can give some big bad cats some lock jaw. You know, Calvary, it looked like defeat to the natural eye. But on the third day, Jesus had an Easter exit and rose in triumph. Come on, we celebrate that we can have cheer in the midst of challenge, church. Come on. You know, so many people, they're talking about living 
in the last days. But if we're not careful, we paint a picture of gloom and doom for our children. Yes, we live in challenging times. And yes, there are elements of the end times here. But I'm not worried because at the same time that all of that's going on on this field, I hear something different on another field. I hear God said that his glory would cover the earth like the water covers the seas. I hear God said he will pour out his spirit on all flesh in the end days. I hear that your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Prophesy is simply future talk. In other words, young people will get filled with the spirit of God and they will talk of the future. They won't be saying it's all over. They'll be full of hope looking to the future. But God says, I'm going to raise up a generation who's going to have a dream for their future, who will say, we're going to change the world. We're going to change politics. We're going to change injustice. We're going to change the lost being lost. We're going to change our cities. We're going to joyfully anticipate a brighter future. And here's the point. When fear tries to defeat people of hope, we get a dream for the future. I'll say it again. When fear tries to defeat us, we get a dream for the future. That's incredible. The worse it gets, the Bible says, the better it gets for us. Isaiah 60 verse 1 says, Arise, shine, people of hope, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the world. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. See, church, the darker the world gets, the brighter the church gets. He said, you'll go from brightness to brightness, Hope Church, from glory to glory, from faith to faith. If you put your ear up to the radio of heaven, you know that what you'll hear, you'll hear a different sound. You'll hear a different message. The message is this, we win, we win. Bring on the crisis, we win. Bring on uncertainty, we win. Bring on the challenge, we win. Bring it on because when it's all said and done, we have a king who has overcome every weapon that's been formed against you. Every trouble in your world and every fear in your heart, whatever it is, whatever it is, we win. Whatever happens, we win. We don't need a fearful church in these times. We need a church that's hearing a sound of victory over the virus. Victory over the virus. A scared world needs a brave church. A broken world needs a whole church. A sound church. A spirit of love church. A frozen world needs a free church. A worried world needs a worshiping church. Come on, if you're glad you're worshiping here tonight, give him a shout of praise. We need to be the church that this world needs. You know, Luke chapter 10, 17 says, then the 70 returned with joy. That's the, that's the disposition of every person of hope, joy. They returned with joy saying, Lord, even the Demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I love that. Satan is a fallen foe. He's fallen and he can't get up. You know those commercials where the old people say, I've fallen and I can't get up. And they have that button that they push. I've fallen and I can't get up. Come help me. I'm telling you, the enemy is decrepit. The enemy is broken. He's fallen and he can't get up. He's got no bite. He's got no sting. He's an ex-employee from heaven, a loser named Lucifer. And he has been fired 
forever. He was kicked out and replaced. And now we are the worshipers of heaven and we take his place. And you know what bothers him so much? People who refuse to worry, who refuse to be intimidated, people who are going to go ahead and worship God anyways without him. He was created to bring people into worship, but we have decided to go ahead and sidestep him and worship God anyways. We can worship God without him in spite of him, and that bothers the enemy. We sidestepped him. That's why he didn't want you to praise the Lord tonight. That's why he didn't want you to give a life full of cheer and have cheer in the midst of challenge. He doesn't want you to have any joy, but a triumphant church is a church that looks seemingly defeated, but has enough faith to raise its hands in the same arena and say, but Jesus is alive. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is still healer. Jesus still delivers. Jesus still protects. Jesus is still on the throne. And that's what we're hearing. So that's what we're saying. That's what we're hearing. So that's what we're cheering. Come on, write it in the comments. That's what I'm hearing. And that's what I'm cheering in Jesus name. You know, people might look at you and see one thing. They might see an addict, a, a mean-spirited person, a mess, abused, no good, but heaven is saying different things over your destiny. Jesus is saying, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are blessed and highly favored. You are forgiven, washed clean, a new creation. Come on, church. And all faith has to do is say this, I know it might look this way. I know it might look this way in my past, but I'm going to listen louder to what heaven is saying. I know it might look like this in my neighborhood, but I'm going to listen louder to what heaven sees and what heaven says. And yes, it'll say yes to what heaven is saying to us. We hear from heaven. Faith comes by hearing. He can transform me. He can make me new. My best days are still out in front of me. He's not finished with me yet. And tonight, I declare over your life that right in the middle of your mess, where you are living in anxiety, heaven is speaking peace. Right where you're living in worthlessness, heaven is speaking value. Right where you're living in addiction, heaven is declaring freedom. Listen louder to heaven. Listen louder to what's going on in a different arena. And in the next verse, after Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning, in verse 19, he says, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. I love that. Over all the power of the enemy. And listen to this, church. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. I want you to hear that in this corona season. Nothing shall by any means harm you. Notice the scary serpents and scorpions. Serpents, they strike you with their head, right? And scorpions strike you with their tails. And what Jesus is saying here, from top to bottom, you win. Heads or tails, you win. Whatever life throws at you, it lands on the good side, you win. It lands on the bad side, you win. If you're a base, you win. If you're abounding, you win. Whatever happens, church, we win. All power over the authority of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall harm you. That's our final point. Whatever happens, you win. Write it in the comments. Whatever happens, we win. Whatever happens, 
we win. I got a God who took the stinger out of death. And I got a God who crushed the head of the serpent under his heel. And he said, all I hear is a sound of victory from another arena. I want to encourage you. Let's receive by faith the word that we're hearing tonight. Over the circumstances that we're watching, let's receive the word that we're hearing. I want to pray for you tonight, people of hope. You know, Jesus told Peter, Satan desires to sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you that your faith would not fail. I want to pray for you, church. You know, Satan's uh, strategy in this season is to sift you like wheat. But I'm praying for you, church. Man, I miss you, church. I miss gathering in real life, in real time. We are praying for you as a team. We're praying for you, lifting up your homes, lifting up your marriages, lifting up your families, all the dynamics, lifting up your employment, lifting up anything in this season that would look to sift you as wheat. You know, Satan desires to sift you as wheat, but I'm praying for you, church, that your faith would not fail. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray that everyone who's watching, who's tired, who's weary, who feels like giving up, who feels like quitting, who feels like throwing in the towel, give them the grace to stay, to stick, and to stand in the name of Jesus. Help them tune in to the sound of triumph happening in heaven, that we would hear the sound of heaven and our life sound would sync up with heaven sound. Lord, we thank you for the revelation that we have been purchased by your blood, that we have been preferred. We've been so preferred by your awesome favor and that we will be preserved and protected. Lord, we ask that you would give us strength tonight to stand. Sustain us in our inner man. We're confident that your faithfulness will see us through. In Jesus' name, amen, church. Hey, everybody. Thanks for being a part. My name is Nate. And if you like what you just heard, make sure you don't miss anything from Hope Church. Subscribe and follow NY Hope Church on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and wherever you listen to podcasts. We hope that the content you hear here is not just sensational, but also a substantial part of your growth. You're amazing and you belong here.